Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Life of a Fashion Student podcast with me, your host, Christina Eng. I don't know if you guys can tell, which you probably can't through just hearing me over the mic, but I'm in an exceptionally good mood today while I'm recording this. Don't ask me why or how this came to be because I wouldn't be able to give you a straight answer, but all that matters is that I'm in a good mood, which is honestly rare these days. And don't get me wrong, I'm still stressed out with how much work I have and with all of the deadlines that I have coming up this week and the next, but just in this present moment, I'm feeling pretty great. I don't know those of you who are following my personal Instagram account, which, shameless plug, my Instagram is at Christina Michelle Ang. Um, Anyway, I put up a post the other day about how after having a few consecutive bad days, it was followed by some good news, and I just kind of wanted to talk about that a little on here. Honestly, you guys know that I've been moaning and groaning about how hard it's been for me these past few days, and I I love you guys immensely for how much support I've been receiving each and every day from y'all. But yeah, the past week or so, I've been having some really great things happen and have also been receiving some really great news as well. I'm not going to get into the specifics of all of that, unfortunately, because that'll all be a story for another time, but the reason why it was so important for me to mention it on here was not to brag about all of the good things that are happening now, but to let you guys know that if you're feeling like your life is just a big ball of negativity and that all of the wrong signs are pointed at you like in the present moment, it's not, and I can guarantee you that things will definitely get better. I know literally everyone says that, but trust me, there is no one who can relate to your hardship as much as I can, so just trust me on what I'm saying. And on a completely unrelated note, the other day I was doing some deep thinking about this podcast because I actually did an interview for a podcast feature on the school's free press. So shout out to Shakira if you're listening to this, you're amazing, and I can't wait to read the interview. But anyway, the point of me bringing this up was because during the interview, I got super into talking about this podcast and all of the reasons why I started it and, you know, still did it, and it just made me really happy. It was definitely the highlight of my day, and I can't wait to see the article come out and share it with you guys who are interested in, you know, reading more about why I started this podcast in the first place. But talking with Shakira really reminded me of why I started doing this podcast in the first place and how much it has impacted and kind of changed my life for the better. Filming each and every one of these episodes makes me super happy, and I kind of just wanted to share that with you guys because I really owe this journey to all of you. I'm here because of you guys who want to listen to what I have to say each week, and I'm grateful for that. That was one of the many things that kind of lightened up my week a little, but now I think we're going to continue with my tradition here of giving you guys a little life update. I've been doing this for a good amount of episodes now and I feel like it brings us so much closer together and just like you guys are experience my life along with me. So I don't have that much crazy news for you guys, but it's pretty much the same every week with school and work. But something special is that midterms are coming up soon. Um, I think it's like two weeks away or something and I'm getting a little bit nervous about how much, you know, more work I'm going to be anticipating. So if I'm struggling now, I'm not really sure what midterm week is going to look like, but you know, positive vibes here, no negative thoughts here. So I wanted to make this episode a really chill one and not too heavy on important information. The other day I asked on my stories what you guys wanted to hear on the podcast and I got so many good responses that I decided to turn it into an episode of me talking about, you know, the different kinds of topics that you guys asked me about. So this episode's going to be like a little mishmash of different subject matters. If I'm not mistaken, we have a lot regarding career stuff and internship stuff, but 
Then we also have some about fashion in general, and I'm excited to get into it. Obviously, we're not going to get to every single question or subject that people have asked me. We'll see how far we get up to, depending on how much I talk about each subject. But yeah, there were a lot of good responses, so let's get into it. And I'm going to keep everyone anonymous, of course, but the first question that I'm seeing is, what is your experience with post-burnout? I thought this was a very timely question, considering I've experienced a lot of moments of burnout throughout the past few months that were kind of like on and off. Um, There was an article I found a while ago, and it was about the five stages of burnout, which I thought was quite interesting because I never thought specifically about the stages I go through during my burnout periods. So the five stages of burnout are the honeymoon phase, the onset of stress, chronic stress, burnout, and then habitual burnout. And guys, at first I thought I was reading an article on the stages of a relationship because the honeymoon phase sounds awfully familiar and it's often something associated with relationships. So I was so close to, you know, clicking out of the page because I did not want to read about relationships. But then as I read on, I, it, you know, it started to make more sense. Anyway, I wanted to share those five stages with you guys because I found it so interesting how spot on it was. Because normally when I go through a burnout period, it does initially just start out with me being so enthusiastic and motivated about whatever project I'm undertaking. Um, I love starting new things and I'm sure so many of you can relate to that feeling of, you know, getting a new project that you're excited about and getting really motivated to do it like in those first moments. I know I do. And that same feeling doesn't just come to workaholics like me. Everyone pretty much feels the same way about, you know, starting something new. But then after, a you know, a couple of days of working on that project, you start to feel a little bit of stress creeping in and that leads us to the next stage of the onset of stress. The article categorizes this um, stage of, you know, the onset of stress as feeling symptoms of anxiety, the inability to focus, fatigue, lack of sleep, and lack of social interaction. Um, They really hit it on the nose there. I'm not even exaggerating on how spot on that was. I almost thought I wrote it or something. I can definitely speak to the lack of social interaction because when I get to this point of burnout, I kind of don't feel like talking to anyone and I just keep to myself for the majority of time because I don't feel like, you know, expending any more energy on anything else. And it's not like I don't trust anyone to help me out with what I'm going through or that I don't have anyone in my life who I can talk to. It's just because I prefer to keep to myself when, you know, I'm stressed out. Anyway, after the onset of stress comes the chronic stress. This stage is where things intensify and the stress starts to get really bad where it's resulting in some unhealthy habits. For example, feeling pressured and out of control, chronic exhaustion, physical illness, and you know, who knows what else. But it's bad, really bad. And then at that point, you reach the second to last stage, which is burnout itself. Now, the last stage of burnout is where it gets a little tricky because they define the last stage as habitual burnout in which the the symptoms of burnout are so embedded in your life that you are likely to experience a significant physical or emotional problem. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't think I've ever reached this point in the burnout cycle and I'm glad I haven't because it looks like a very hard place to be in. I think most of the time I get to the fourth level of burnout and then I slowly recover from there. And sorry if I'm if I completely sidetrack from the original question being what is your experience with post burnout, but I just found those five stages especially interesting to share with y'all. My experience with post burnout is obviously very personal to me and I'm sure you will all have your own experiences with this as well. 
recovering from burnout is not exactly as straightforward, so I can't, you know, provide any concrete tips that are going to help anyone facing it. But for the most part, there are some general things that I do that, you know, help me recover a lot faster. What I like to do while in the recovering phase is to do something fun and that can allow me to take my mind off of what's causing my burnout. I know I've already mentioned this before, but nowadays, every weekend I'm escaping to upstate New York and just having some, you know, adventures of my own. I rarely bring up any work with me there, even though we now have internet upstate where I stay. But if I do, I really only limit myself to working on it for like two hours for the entire day. But other than that, my weekends are pretty adventurous and I do things like biking and hiking, you know, swimming and just stuff that makes me genuinely happy. I like to say that my weekends are pretty sacred now, which honestly would have shocked Christina from the past because that Christina was working all day, every day, even on the weekends. Like, I don't know how, but that past Christina would definitely find a way to work on an assignment while she's hiking or something. Um, Anyway, I've determined that I recover quickly whenever I experience burnout, but what I need to work on is reducing the amount of times I experience burnout within a certain amount of time. Because I have no problem whipping myself back to reality, I just find myself doing it over and over again, hoping that one day it'll stick. But anyway, yeah, that's my two cents on the whole topic. Another topic that was brought up on my Insta stories was relationships with coworkers at jobs and internships. I pretty much touch on this subject at least once in my episodes pertaining to internships, but if you guys haven't caught on already, work relationships are very, very, very important to me. Um, I wouldn't say it's the most important thing in a job or internship, but it's definitely up there. From my experience, you can have the crappiest responsibilities and the worst job ever, but if you build a really positive relationship with the people you work with, your overall experience at that job will increase tenfold. I know I always talk about the importance of making positive and close connections in the workplace, and I'm I'm sure some of you out there who are a little bit more shy and not as outgoing are probably thinking, well, how can I do that if I'm not, you know, as outgoing and all that? You can still be close with your coworkers and still be reserved at the same time. It's not something you have to compromise. I'm not telling you to, you know, talk up your whole office or to be nice or fake nice to everyone. I'm just saying to simply build a deeper connection with those that you work especially close with, even if that's just, you know, your boss, your supervisor, because that'll really go a long way. Little things to do this is by going to lunch with that person or getting drinks after work. It could even be, you know, smaller things like following them on Instagram and replying to their stories with like heart emojis or something. I don't know. Not sure how you guys feel about following your bosses and coworkers on Instagram, but I'm here for it. I mean, that's how you get to see what they do on a day-to-day basis and, you know, see, you know, their likes and dislikes. It honestly helps me a lot to connect with my coworkers on a much deeper level. I always say this term, but it's about quality, not quantity. And I mean, it kind of applies to the situation as well, right? It's not about how many people you make friends with at work. It's about who and how far you've come to make a relationship with them. Uh, Not sure if that makes any sense, but, you know, I tried. Actually, I'm sure a lot of people are dying to know about this, but people always tell me that I'm so lucky that I've only had to work with pleasant people in my present and past experiences. I know not everyone's so lucky to have people in their office that are either likable or pleasant. Well, even though I've never directly experienced a negative work environment, my advice for dealing with that is just to focus on the work you're doing and just stand out as having a great work ethic amongst your coworkers. Also, a lot of the times people might seem not as relatable or pleasant at first, but it just takes time for them to open up to a little, so just give them a chance. 
not everyone is going to be, you know, approachable, like, at the first moment you meet them but when you see opportunities for you to approach that person then go for it and you never know you could end up being so close with that person that you least expected to this is not easy so kudos to any of you who can do it and get through it like i said i've never really experienced a negative work environment where people are just not approachable at all but one day if i do approach that situation then i will you know be taking my own advice I can't stress enough how important it is to build those types of positive relationships in your workplace because it's just going to bring you, you know, so far in life. You'll have built up your connections for the future and you'll have also a load of people that would be willing to speak and represent you on your behalf. Like if you graduate and you're looking for, you know, job opportunities and internships, having those people who can connect you with other experiences is not a bad thing to have at all. So always try to implement a positive relationship with those that you work with. I'm sure that doesn't even need to be said at this point, but for those of you who need to hear it, there you go. The next topic is honestly, you know, quite specific, but low-key when I read it, I had so much to say about it, and here it goes. So the topic was societal pressures on women to get married, be dating, having a quote-unquote timeline with this stuff, and how personally, you know, I feel about that kind of situation. So an interesting story about this topic, when I was in my past relationship with my ex, which I did a whole episode on my podcast about the specifics about my past relationship, so if you didn't already listen to that one, I would check it out. But anyway, with my most recent past relationship, he and I were very serious. Like when we started dating, we knew at that time that we were going to get married. We always talked about kids and our future together, you know, the whole nine yards, And I even made Pinterest boards with my wedding venue ideas, wedding cakes, and you know, the whole shabam. But looking back at it now and talking about it makes me want to gag because of how naive I was. But you know, we all make mistakes. The point is, I pretty much didn't worry about my timeline at all at that point because we were both set on like finishing school and then starting our lives together, which involved getting married and having kids. But I'm obviously not in that relationship anymore, and we don't keep in touch, so that whole future talk pretty much went poof. And that was my one really serious relationship that lasted about a year and a half, but as you guys can tell from what I'm sharing, it was pretty damn serious. And I'm going to be really honest with you guys, before that very serious relationship, I was pretty much set in my ways about never getting married and not dating and all that stuff. Because, um, you know, you know how it is when you meet someone and inevitably your whole mindset kind of shifts and things change for you but honestly after that relationship ended and I got over it which wasn't a short process by the way it took a couple months I kind of went back to my mindset of not giving two craps about getting married or dating so I honestly took the long route in answering this question but I do not believe in any societal pressures put on women to be married or to be dating at a certain point in our lives of course when I was in my relationship I felt set Like, I pretty much had my whole life laid out and it felt good that I didn't have to think about finding another person to be with and to get married with. But, you know, obviously it didn't work out in the end and that's fine. Um, You know, everything happens for a reason. I think here's what you have to know about me and the kind of person I am in relationships. Um, I'm what you would call having masculine energy and there's a whole book, The Bingo Theory, that talks about masculine and feminine energy in relationships and love, which is really good and I recommend everyone to check it out if you get that chance. I'm sure you guys can kind of put together what kind of traits that come along with being a masculine energy female, but some that Mimi Icon talks about in her book is a female who loves to take action, 
one who makes decisions fast and goes for what she wants, one who isn't, you know, one to hold on to emotions, and also who seeks freedom and is very independent and analytical. And that basically all describes me in a relationship. I'm very masculine, you know, I'm very high, like high in masculine energy, and I represent the extremists of that category. But the point of me mentioning this is because I think a big reason why I don't play into those societal pressures is because I've widely established myself to be completely different from what a society quote-unquote expects a female to be. I mean, I know a lot of things that I'm going to be mentioning are very heavily stereotyped, but I don't know how to cook. I like being the caretaker and I feel more powerful when I'm more successful than my male counterparts. Also, I'm kind of like soulless and emotionless when it comes to certain situations because I'm trained to think very logically and analytically. And honestly, those are just a few examples, but my close friends who know me um, know me as being, you know, this very masculine energy of the group, and I can't disagree. But yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on that whole thing. You can have whatever opinions you want on the whole timeline of getting married or dating at a certain age, as long as you don't pressure other people to think the same way you do. Like right now, I don't give a hoot about dating or getting married. In fact, I don't even want to get married. But that whole perspective can change if I, you know, find myself meeting someone who changes that way of thinking and all that jazz. But yeah, right now, having that significant other in my life isn't something that's important to me. And I'm not worried about not being in a relationship or having that quote-unquote stability because I'm pretty much fine, you know, on my own. I mean, I have some friends whose families are really big on that belief that they need to find a significant other um, by a certain age in order to take care of them and provide a life for them. But honestly, that mindset is super outdated. No offense to all the parents out there or whoever listening, you know, thinks that way. But I'm definitely very independent and I'm confident that in the future, whether I decide to get married or not, I will be able to, you know, provide for myself. But yeah, I can see that we're hitting the mark for this episode where it's getting a bit long. So I think that'll be all for the questions and topics I'll be discussing for this particular episode. I did see some that I wanted to save for future episodes, so don't worry if I didn't cover your topic. I had a lot of fun answering people's questions, and it makes me, you know, really happy when I'm able to answer some of the more specific topics that you guys want to hear from me, rather than me just blabbing about a topic that I think you guys would like. As always, I want to thank you guys for tuning into this podcast, and to hit that follow button if you're liking what you're hearing, and if you want to hear more from me. If you guys have any ideas for future episodes, give me a DM on Instagram. I won't bite, but because I love to hear them. And anyway, love you guys always and see you on the next episode of the Life of a Fashion Student podcast.